Let's look today, I want you to open up, first of all, to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. And then we'll be moving over to 1 Timothy chapter 3. Acts chapter 6 and 1 Timothy chapter 3. And uh, that's where we're going to start. I've got a couple of slides here today, so... We, uh, we're going to talk about deacons today, and the title of my, uh, what do you call it, a message? A sermon? Is deacon who? Deacon who? That's what I'm, you're going to help me out with that a little bit later. The last two studies, though, let me just give a little review, because we had last week, we talked about God our Father, a happy Father, and, but before that, in, in 1 Timothy, we looked at Leadership. We talked about overseers and elders and shepherd, those kind of three things kind of overlapping, overseer, elder, shepherd, overlapping this, the, the, the things that God has put into the church, leaders that God has brought into the church, that he's ordained for the church. And having said that word, it's more important to know who God has ordained rather than who man has ordained. Because you can go to school nowadays, you can get ordained to do a lot of things, but if God hasn't called you to do that. Anyways, for, these, for this group of leaders, uh, a group of men called to teach and to preach, to direct the affairs of the church, to shepherd the flock of God. And he calls it a noble task. A noble task. The qualifications we looked at two weeks ago, number one is character. Number one is character. To be right with God, to be right with family. So continuing on from there, we're going to look at another leadership role, and it's this word deacon. And it's not a lesser role. I want to make that so clear. It's not, you know, the, the overseers, elders, shepherds are here, the deacons are down here. It's really what God is doing in a person's life. We're all, we are all on the same plane, first of all. It's just as, just as important. And as a matter of fact, I, I want to, as I address this subject today, is, is that I think it might even be more important, more important than those others. You'll see why when I get to some of this. Now, the background of this, though, I think takes us back to Acts chapter 6. So let's look there. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. It says, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the early church, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. There was a lot of good stuff happening. But even in the, even in the good stuff, there's problems, right? There's people complaining. Now, I know that none of us here ever complain. So we would never have this problem here, right? But that's what was going on there. Someone's complaining in the back right now. Hey. So the 12, that is the 12 apostles, they gathered all the disciples together and they said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God. In order to wait on tables, brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them 
And we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. And this proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to a convert to Judaism. And they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. And the numbers of, of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So there was problems. They, they couldn't do it all. These 12, these apostles, these guys that were supposed to be teaching and helping uh, the believers and, and all the new believers to understand what the faith was, they were overwhelmed trying to deal with the, the, the nuts and bolts and nitty-gritty of what was going on. So they said, listen, we, can't, we, we need some help here, basically. We need help. And so they had these. They chose these seven. In fact, they said, you choose seven. Known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. This would free them up, right, to give more attention to prayer and to the ministry of the word is the context here. To, so, so, the, so the idea of what these would be doing would be simply this, to wait on tables to help those in need. To wait on tables to help those in need. Notice he says that they were full of the spirit and full of wisdom. They were to be full of the spirit and full of wisdom. And they, then they were given this responsibility. They were turned... The, he said that we will turn this responsibility over to them and then we will do what we're supposed to do. Everybody has something to do. So we need to find out what it is that we're supposed to do. Now, thinking about these people here, he talks about Stephen. I just want to highlight a couple of them because the, the truth of the matter is that they're... Of these seven that they chose, two we know something about. The other five we know nothing about. We, know, we don't know what they did. They're, they're nameless, really. I mean, they're, we don't have a face. We don't, have, we don't know what they did. But that doesn't mean they didn't do anything. I think they were very, very busy. But Stephen, Stephen here chosen to be the first one to serve there in verse 5. Stephen he was the first chosen to serve, and, and guess what? He was also the first to be martyred for his faith. Philip, Philip became an evangelist. He became known later as Philip the Evangelist, and he had four daughters, I think, and they were prophetesses. So you see, they're chosen to serve, they're chosen to wait tables, but, they're, but they, that's not all they did. They were involved in lots of different ways. Let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3 now, please. 1 Timothy chapter 3, and we'll, we'll get into this idea of what, what we're talking about here. This is the background, I believe, of where it came out of. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, we've, we've looked at uh, the elders, the overseers, the shepherds, and, and the qualifications for them. And then in verse 8, he says, now deacons, likewise. Deacons, likewise. And, he, and so he's referring back to what he's just said. There, there are qualifications. But I, wanna just, I just want to define this word first, this word deacon. And 
Technically, and very simply, the word means one who serves. It means, the, it means one who serves. And we saw in Acts chapter 6 this idea of waiting on table. One who serves. That's pretty simple, isn't it? But when we hear the word deacon, what kind of flashes through your mind when you hear the word deacon? Anything? Emptiness. You get, yeah, you get this idea of somebody important and there's this title, you know, this idea of titles and, and uh, oh, that's Deacon Jones over there, right? Do you know Deacon Jones? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's where that came from. You see, there was something in my mind that just came up. That's amazing, isn't it? What I want, what I want to think about when we're thinking about this today is that it's not just a title you see it's not just a title it's 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 more of of what someone does someone who takes care of practical things someone who serves and 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 the truth is aren't we all called to serve whether whether you're you know also called to teach and preach and shepherd people you're also called to serve we are all called to serve so the question is do we need a title you know what i've seen it in 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 through the years where people you know they 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 kind of like the idea of having a title and maybe if they get the title then they'll serve and then i've seen people who don't care one bit about a title and they just serve and serve and serve which one do you think makes more sense? Which one do you think the Lord is looking for? In, in this whole idea of leadership, and, and we're looking at the book of 1 Timothy, and we're talking about leadership and, and how it affects the church. How does, it, how does it come into play in the church? And we study these things, and you say, well, you know, how does that affect us here? Well, this is our, this is our guidebook, right? This is what we use to build on. This is what we use to put things together. And so it kind of spells things out for us. And yet, through the years, uh, you know, through the years, there's still room in here to do things, you know, with some flexibility, some understanding. There are some churches that, that they are so formal, very, very formal. And I'm not saying that in a bad sense. But they're very formal, and, and, and everybody's got the title. Well, you might be the director of this or the deacon of that or the bishop of this or the pastor of that. And those things aren't bad. But then there are others that are, are, are more informal, right? Where we just want to do what we need to do, right? Now, which one do you think we fit into? Let's ask the question. The formal one. Exactly. And we... If, if you reach under the bottom of your seat here, there, we've got title tags that you can just put on and, and we're going to have you, we're going to get it together. We're going to do this right. Now, now it sounds like I'm making fun of those that do. I am not making fun of those. I'm just saying who we are. God has given us some flexibility to be informal. But, but you know, I think this has been misunder, misunderstood uh, by many through the years, is that just because we're informal, it doesn't mean we're not serious. 
Just because we, we don't have a, a formal membership does, does not mean that we are not serious about membership. We just don't make you come and sign somewhere on the dotted line that you're going to do this, this, and this. But you know what? If you are a member of the body of Christ, you need to be a member of the body of Christ. You need to participate. You need to be involved. So being informal doesn't mean that we don't care about stuff. Sort of, you know, well, you know, whatever. Or whatever. If I say that, you'll understand a little better, right? <laughs> my, my point is this. Well, what is my point? My point is this. It doesn't matter what we're called. It's matter. What matters is what God has called us to do. We need people that will step up and do things. We need people who will will take uh, leadership for the right reasons and in the right way. God has called us all to fulfill what he wants us to to do in our lives. And he's got a calling on each and every one of our lives. I believe that. I say that over and over, but I really believe it. But it may not be what, you know, you think, well, you know, to have a calling of God, that means you've got to go to Bible school. You means you've got to go and preach. It means you've got to go and, and go on the mission field. It might include those things. But for the majority of us, it, it, it's very different than that. Not everybody here is called the majority of you are not called to go to the mission field meaning somewhere far away of course we know the mission field is right here around us right it's it's all around us the people we work with the people we uh, go to school with let's turn back to mark chapter 9 though Uh, mark chapter 9 now i neglected to give you the definition of the word deacon it's very simple though because it sounds just like and it's just like the way it sounds deacon diakonos that's where the what the greek word is that paul says here diakonos and the verb is like diakoneo to serve okay so it's a servant or to serve that's what this word deacon that's where we get the word deacon from, diakon. You, you, you guys get that connection, right? Okay, just seeing if you're with me. One person, that's good. That's great. You want to get up here and help me? I'm having troubles. Mark chapter 9, verse 34. Listen to this. Let's start in verse 33. They came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. (laughs) And sitting down, verse 35, Jesus called the twelve and he said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant, the diakonos of all. He must be the deacon of all, the servant of all. Again, when you hear that word deacon, when you hear that word servant, you don't put them together, but, but it's one and the same. He must be the servant of all. They were arguing about which one is the greatest. Now, again, that would never happen here. 
Because none of us ever fight with pride. None of us ever think, you know, we want to be recognized. We want someone to see what we do. That would never happen here. I understand that. But just in case, let's remember what Jesus said here. Those disciples, man, they were quite a crew, weren't they? If anyone wants to be first, you want to be the best, you want to be the greatest, you must be the very last and the servant, the diaconos of all. Someone said this, that is how the creator of the universe and the Lord of this life defines greatness, to be a deacon or deaconess. That's how he defines greatness, to be a servant. So the question is, deacon who? And my answer is, deacon you. Right? And me. For, for everyone, you know, it's not about, you know, who, who is it? Who's going to get the recognition? Who's, it's, it's who's going to serve? Who's going to get to serve first? But I, when I was thinking about this and thinking about this place, I, you know what? I see this all over this place. I really, I do. I'm not just saying that. I see deacons, if you want to use the word, or deaconesses, and we're going to talk about that in a second. I see all over this place people who are serving. That is encouraging. That is a blessing to me. Let me name a few. Landscape artists, dishwashers, painters, bathroom cleaners, vacuumers, music makers, sound technicians, cheesecake bakers, <laughs> hot dog chefs, potluck, can't read my handwriting, potluck givers and servers, oh that includes the people who bring this stuff, prayer warriors, supporters, youth church teachers and helpers, festival workers, coffee makers, door keepers. That's amazing, huh? That's just a partial list. There's more. There, there, there are more. But you see, everybody's doing a little part. Everybody's playing a part, being some kind of servant, doing some kind of thing. So I say, deacon who? I say, deacon you. That's why I say that, because it's you. Me too, I want to serve too, but, but you know what I'm saying. Look there in Mark chapter 10, the next chapter, he kind of has to say it over again because I guess they were a little thick. Mark chapter 10, verse 42. The disciples, they got indignant because, you know, because two of the other disciples, James and John, they said, you know, we want to be you know, on your right and on your left when you come into your glory. We want those places of honor. And, and then the other ten got mad at them. Like, well, I think what was really going on is they wanted those places themselves. And they thought maybe if they didn't say anything, Jesus would give it to them. But that's another message. Verse 42, Jesus called them together and he says, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. It's not about some power trip. It's not about that. 
in any place of leadership. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, diakonos. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all, another Greek word, doulos, which means bondservant. But look what he says in verse 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, diakoneo, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came and did it. John 13, Jesus came and he served. He took the place of a servant. He served them. He washed their feet. He says, now that you've seen me do this, you should do it too. Deacon who? I can't hear you. Now, you can have a title if you want one, okay? But do you really need one? I don't think you do. You just need to be about the Father's business. About the Father's business. Just get involved somewhere. Just do something. But if you want a title, I'll give you one. I'll make one up. I just gave a whole bunch of them. But, it, you know, they may kind of be strange if you had that on your forehead or something. Let's, let's look back to 1 Timothy chapter 3 again and, and uh, look at some more of the things that are said there about deacons or servers or servants. The same word. Deacons likewise are to be men worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine and not pursuing dishonest gain. Character matters, you see. Even for someone who's going to be a servant, character matters. You say, well, I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to, you know, teach or whatever. I'm not going to be one of the, the overseers. So it doesn't really matter about my character. I'm just going to serve. But he says, no, it does matter, you see. It matters across the board for anyone who is a servant of Christ. It matters. We looked at some of these in, in more detail, and a lot of them are, are almost identi identical to what uh, applied to the overseers. But look at verse 9. This is interesting. It says, They must hold, keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. This is not a spiritual lightweight. We're all called to understand it, to grab hold of those foundational truths of, of God's word, the foundational truths of the Christian faith. Stephen, I mentioned, who became the martyr. Stephen, this guy, you know, when he got martyred, it's because he was preaching the word. He was speaking the word of God because he had it in his heart and he knew it and he preached and he, and he lost his life because of it. But there was somebody there who was watching. Anybody know who that was? Paul the Apostle was there, known as Saul, but he was there watching. And I wonder, watching the life of this man, Stephen, this deacon, server, affected his life, I think. I really believe that. But not spiritual lightweights, but to know the word and, and to have a clear conscience as well. And as I, as I talked about uh, the overseers uh, last time, and, you know, it's, it's a great uh, a set of, 
of requirements, qualifications, but the big thing is that none of us are perfect and we need to keep going back to the Lord and being washed and cleansed. And that's how we get a clear conscience, by going back to the Lord and and keeping short accounts. And we're always going back to Him. Because if it required perfection, how many of us would be able to do it? Look at verse 10. It says, these must first be tested. And then if there's nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. Paul says later in chapter 5 that we shouldn't be hasty in the laying on of hands. Putting somebody in a, in a role and, and, and recognizing perhaps, and again this is that idea of the formal versus the informal. But the proof is really in the pudding as they say. And, and someone said this, it's not some formal testing procedure but rather they prove their quality over time in the ordinary activities of life and ministry. It's just your life. It's, you know, again, there's not a test. Well, I want to serve. And, and, and you have come and you said, you know, I want to serve. I want to help in this way. And we'll say, okay, we're going to give you this test now. No, but, but you can be sure that, 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 and this is a job of an overseer, really. Uh, to, people are, are watching and seeing, you know, well, they're not, you know, their lives are matching up to what they want to do, to the profession that they make. Let them serve. Let them deacon. I heard somebody said uh, once, elders eld and deacons deek. Not sure what that means. Let them serve, he says. Verse 11. In the same way, Like he said, likewise in uh, verse 8, in the same way their wives are to be women worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. In the same way it says they're wise, but the the literal translation of those words are the women. Okay? In the same way the women, and you look at the context here and you look at some of church history as well, that he's referring to women who had this role. I believe that he's talking about female deacons or deaconesses. I think that that's, that's what he's talking about here, the way he brings it up. In the same way, just like the deacons, the women, these, these women who are in this category and fulfilling this role, they need, to, they need to have the character as well, that they're worthy of respect, that they are not malicious talkers. One version says not slanderers and and uh, the actual word is, is a diabolos. And guess what that is related to? Diabolos, diablo, devilish. The, the devil is called the great slanderer, the, the slander, the slanderer of the brethren. Temperate, trustworthy in everything. So can women have uh, roles of leadership in the church? Absolutely. Absolutely, I think that this is true. Paul, in in Romans chapter 16, he says to this, in chapter 16, verse 1 and 2, he says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant. And that's the word. Guess which word it is. Diakonos, deacon. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant, diakonos, of the church, 
in Centuria. And, she, and he says, I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been a great help to many people, including me. She was serving her heart out. Did they have to call her a deaconess to, for her to do that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Again, I'm not opposed to using titles, but are they really necessary for us to do what we're called to do? Verse 12, let's finish this up so we can get to serving. A deacon, now he's going back to the, the male. A deacon must be the husband of but one wife and must manage his children and his household well. Must be a one-woman man. Must care and take care of his family, his household. And then verse 13. He says, those who have deaconed well. Oh, that's not what it says. But that's what it says, huh? That is what it says. Those who have deaconed or served well. They gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. There's some benefits, you know. I think it's worth it to serve. It's absolutely worth it. And he mentions two of the things here. An excellent standing before God and before people. That person's a, a servant. And great assurance in their faith and some translate this confidence, some translate it boldness through serving. It does something within you. It, it causes you to have this confidence in your faith and, and who you are in Christ. Sometimes we wonder, well, I don't feel so confident. I don't feel I can do anything. I don't feel like I can tell anybody about Jesus. And then, and then we say, well, are we involved anywhere? Well, not really. But I think as we get involved and we see we, we become a functioning part of the body of Christ, we say, wow, this is exciting. It's worth it. And of course, at the end of the day, to hear God say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Now there he uses the word doulos. Well done, good and faithful servant. So deacon who? Server who? See, that's, is that how you're going to get anywhere? <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about getting involved, you know. Where can I serve? What can I do? Can I do anything? What, what are my gifts? What are my talents? What are, what are the things that God has given me that I can put my hands on? You know, there's something. There really is. I look around here, I see the flowers out front. I'm like, is that amazing or what? Somebody put their hands on those things, you know? I, they didn't just grow up by themselves. I want you to know that. Somebody put love into that. Help somebody. Help somewhere. We're all called to serve Let's just read those verses again up on the screen. If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant, the diakonos of all. And whoever wants to become great among you must be 
your servant. I think that's supposed to be chapter 10, actually. Diakonos. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we thank you for our church, our fellowship. You gathered us together from the four ends of the, of the earth. It's kind of crazy to think about where we've, uh, where we've come from, all the different uh, history, the different people, the different personalities, the different uh, talents. And yet you've gathered us together, I believe. Uh, I didn't do it. You gathered us together to just be a part, a functioning part of your body where we can serve. And Lord, I ask you, how can we serve? How can we serve as a body and how can we serve as, an, as individuals to be uh, that diaconus, that serving person? Lord, uh, we do need leaders here, but uh, you, what you said was that leaders are, the, are leading through serving. Father God, I, I pray you would, you would put a fire in each one of us, Lord, just to to find out where and how. The reason why is easy because you gave us an example. You showed us the way. You did it first. The reason why, because you loved us. Because you gave your life for us. Father, it's exciting. We pray for these two events coming up in the next uh, a uh, few weeks, really, that uh, we want to be a light. We want to shine a light into our, our community, our, our neighborhood, our, our village, our, our state even, as people uh, might stop by as they're just driving by to, and, and see, it is a yard sale. I'm going to stop. We might be able to bless people. And who knows what could happen? And at the festival, who knows what could happen? Who, who knows what might, who might show up? And, and we might be, just be there to, to give a, a kind word and a, a smile and, a, and maybe a, a word about the one who really cares. His name is Jesus. Father, I thank you for this, uh, this beautiful group of people that you have gathered together, this body, this, this family, really. I pray you pour out your grace upon us, Lord. I pray you pour out your mercy upon us, Lord. I pray you pour out your peace upon us, Lord, here. I pray for any as well, Lord, that, that need to know the Savior Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you've never, never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Today you can do it. As we're praying and, and no one's watching you, no one's looking to see if you're fidgeting or anything else, but, but you can simply in, in the quietness of your own heart call out to him and, and call upon the name of Jesus. The Bible says to all who call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. They will be set free. They will be forgiven. They will uh, receive eternal life as you call upon his name and receive him and trust him. You can do that today. I hope you do. I pray that you do. For your life will never be the same. Father in heaven, we thank you for all you've given to us. We thank you for the rain. Father, we pray for California. They are in a, such a serious drought like they've never been in before. We pray that you'd bring rain to California. Have mercy upon them, Lord. And I also want to pray for our country, Lord. 
God, we need mercy more than ever. It's just, it's just scary. It's just wrong. The direction that our country is, is, is heading in for the last 40 years, Lord, beginning with even before that, but the turning point for abortion. And now this turning point for really to turn our backs on what you have ordained in the form of marriage. Father, have mercy on our country, we pray. Father God, help us. We turn to you. We look to you, God. We need your help to be a light in a very, very dark world. Father, we're not, we're not going to condemn the people around us. That's not what it's about because we're sinners too. But, but to point to you, to point to you, Jesus, is the answer. You're the answer, not these other things. They don't solve the problems. They only make them worse. You are the answer to the needs that we have in our hearts. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?